0: From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode five hundred and fifty six. Today's show is brought to you by ExpressVPN and Pen Chalet. My name is Mike Hurley. I'm joined by Brad Dowdy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually uh waiting for a little bit more than that, but hi Mike Hi Mike, how are you? Good. Wait, I, was, I feel you,
0: was it because I didn't say hi Brad, how are you? Is that was yeah. that the issue?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like we have this like system, right? And you know I work well within a system. And when the system breaks, uh my my brain uh like typically breaks along with it. So, uh hi Mike, how are you?
0: Hi Brad, how are you?
1: <laughs> I'm good. We're talking about pens on a podcast Imagine for that. at least the 556 times. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Imagine. Yeah, I I'm excited. I'm excited uh to talk about what we're using. Um, mostly because I've seen your notes in here and it's, it's a pretty short little stretch that I have an outsized amount of commentary on, um, which is, which is the norm for me. You know, all you have to do, Mike is give me a pencil and I will talk about it for 10 minutes and you have given me a lot to talk about just in your little list, but I'm going to go first. How about that? I would love that. So every now and then, I don't know, once a month, once every couple months, we discuss the things that are right at the on the tips of our fingers from Mm -hmm. pens, pencils, notebooks related. What are we using the most? And one of the things I talk about whenever we do this is how I select a pen of the week. Type of thing for myself every week because I want to be able to use all my things in a reasonable manner. This is there's no official system built in, but I do pick out a pen of the week because, as we'll get to on on what I use for paper, um, it, it helps with my planning. So I pick a planning pen, Mike, if you will, and that becomes the pen that writes the notes for the week, writes the task list for the week, gets carried with me for the week for the most part. And it's just kind of the number one, slotted into the number one slot of my rotation for the week. And this week, it is the Spoke Pen Model Mm 2 in Lava Crush with a 0.38 millimeter black Uniball Signo DX refill. So why this pen? This pen lives on my desk and... It has my favorite refill in it, which is the .38 Signo DX. We sell it with the .5. Um, for those who are new to the show, Spoke Pen. I am a uh, partner in, so my company hashtag disclosure. Um, along with my Solo. my wonderful yeah. Just wait, just wait. You want to. <laughs> Let's. We need a button. We need a button uh, for this episode <laughs> yeah. for what's about to happen here in a minute. Um, but, yeah, I love this pen, obviously, because uh, I put my name on it. <laughs> and I have been using a bunch of fountain pens recently, right? I've been on the huge fountain pen kick, had the Baltimore pen show. I'm getting ready to go to the Atlanta pen show, which we'll talk about next week. So I I am knee-deep in fountain pens, so I tend to... When I'm working at home, I if I've been using fountain pens a bunch, I will switch back into a standard pen, and this is one of my favorites, right? I just love the 0.38 line of these gel pens and having a body like the spoke pen, especially this fiery orange uh, crush model with the silver trim. I don't know. It's just kind of all of it for me. So it's, um, it's one of those pens that I pick up on Monday morning, and I start to write my notes, and the line that comes out of it with this refill, and the feel of the pen, I just smile. I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is it. This is this is a pen for me, Mike. So that's that's my number one number one pen of the week is the Spoke Pen Model Two, um, and uh, it's just kind of my go to. But I'm still using plenty of fountain pens. Um, there's no not necessarily a ranking of my fountain pens here, but I have three yeah, I'd say probably three that I'm using more than most um, over the past week or two. Uh, number one is the Aurora 88 Unica. This is the all black Aurora 88 that I had, um, I had gotten from Kend- Kenro Industries, which is Aurora's US distributor for a project last year for Sarah doing her Nano Rhimo project. This was the singular pen she used for the 50,000 words on that project. So now I have the pen. I'm going to I'm going to review this pen I carried with me to the Baltimore Pen Show. Um, It is an extra fine nib. It was a little bit of a wonky nib um, for me, the way I write. So I had our friend Annabelle look at it at the Baltimore Pen Show. She tuned it up, just got it aligned better than I had it aligned, working on it myself. And I have it inked with the Contraband in the United States ink, Mike Pelican, Blue Black which is always a top tier ink for me that I don't use a lot. I had initially inked this pen up with Bungo Box Imperial Purple, which is one of my favorite inks, but that combination with this nib, it was just a very wet writer, right? So we talk about a lot of inks. Inks can change how a nib writes. Right, which we've discussed in the past. If you have a very wet or lubricated ink and a nib that is tuned to be a wet writer, well, my extra fine nib would turn into like a fine or a medium line, which is fine. It will look great. But I wanted to dial in the extra fineness of this Aurora nib so I could get a real test. So I went on the opposite end of the spectrum. The Pelican Blue Black ink is a very dry ink and dries quickly and is kind of an even better match for this Aurora 88. So I've been using that combination a lot because I love a good classic blue-black ink like Pelican Blue Black, and I like calling it contraband ink because it is not legal to sell this ink in the U.S. for some weird chemical composition that's, like, banned in California. I I was wondering what that
0: meant. I I didn't know what you meant by saying it was illegal. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of
1: in quotes. Like, you can get it, like, you know places like but you usually can't buy it online um Jesus. but like but like if i wanted to i could go to like i think i could go to like uh, a european retailer and order it and just have it sent here but like just as the norm like pelican does not distribute this ink in the u.s so it, it's weird whatever um next up is your favorite pen, um that i currently own that you do not is the edison Stormwinds Palomino Waltz that I picked up at the Baltimore mm. Pen Show that has proven to be a great writer. It's proven to be exactly what I hoped it would be knowing that I'm a fan of the Edison Beaumont pen shape being a smaller pen being a cool material with some cool hardware and a nice extra fine steel nib inked up with mm, I'm going to go with perfect match, inked up with a perfect match in the Sailor Chushu ink, which that's one of those inks like Sailor Apricot and Sailor Sky High and Sailor Grenade that they have made, I don't know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago in some cases that have come in and out of the ink lineup. It's back. You can get it in the Shikiori lineup now, but it's kind of this grayish purple, which you know, trying to find a match... For this Palomino Waltz pen, um, that wasn't just a blue. Like I could have, I could have picked out a blue that's gone with the blue swirls in this pen. I wanted something to go along with like the grays and the purples. So Chushu might be the perfect match for this. We'll see. I the Aurora has been my most used fountain pen this week, but this Edison is right there with it. Like I've I've been doing some writing with that pen, and I just really like the ink combination. Uh, with that. And that comes to this third pen that is at the top of my usage charts this week. Um because of the combination and the coolness of the pen and the coolness of the ink. It's the Enigma Stationery Navelur Brilliant Bunny, which mm. another hashtag disclosure Mike, they sponsored the show, what, about a month ago? Yep. Um and sent me this pen at no charge to check out. The reason I've been using this pen is number one, it's awesome, right? I love the red material that is in use on this Nautilus model of the Novelor, which I don't have before. This is my only Nautilus model pen. So this is a larger piston filler with like kind of the porthole um, designed for the ink windows. Mm-hmm. And it's got this sparkly, really neat red material. But what is really has me interested in testing it and why I'm continuing to use it is because I'm going to end up reviewing this pen, which no one has asked me to do. Like that wasn't part of the deal or anything like that. I could have done anything I wanted with this pen, but I'm going to review it because it has Narwhal's or Navalor's gold nib, which is their first kind of foray into 14 karat gold nib. So I want to get a review out there for that. And I have it paired with Robert Oster Blue Lagoon, which is a... Very, very bright blue, as you may imagine by the name. It's like that, you know, like the the Caribbean blue waters that is just like clear. And having that combination of the bright blue with the bright red pen is like one of my favorite things to do. So I am thoroughly enjoying that setup. So that's kind of my pen setup this week. So I have my spoke pen for a standard pen. That's kind of my notebook pen and note taking and task list pen. And then I'm just mixing and matching these three very different fountain pens to either with the Aurora and the Enigma Novelure, trying to get a feel for them for future reviews. And then the Edison just, it's a new pen that I'm just thoroughly enjoying. So most of my writing or planning with the spoke pen is in the Plotter Narrow. That continues to be my core notebook um planning mostly and task lists any other writing and i didn't put this in the show notes i'm so close mike i'm so close to being done with this masubi notebook i counted this morning i have 5 pages left i need to fill um because i'm i'm anxious to to close close the book on this one if you will um i've been writing a lot with that with the Edison pen just um, um, just in the journal in the
0: back and then just I know I know know what I mean
1: I know I know it's so close and I'm kind of I'm really anxious to get it done and I keep not finishing it and I just need to just make a point to go in and finish it this week because I have another um, notebook I'm anxious to get tests so that's that's my setup for this week I do have some ancillary products that are kind of sitting within reach that I'm thinking about so this is how like my mental setup is. So I have products I'm using for various reasons. And then I have products I'm testing for review reasons. Mm-hmm. So those test products, I have the Pentel Orens Nero, which is a mechanical pencil. And the Orens model of Pentel is one of these strange products that needs a review to where the, the lead actually doesn't come out the lead pipe. Visually, when you're writing with it, right, it's protected by the lead pipe, and so you think it doesn't work. As you know, like technically, this is going to be terrible, but Pentel has designed this Oren's lineup to make it work. And what it's good for is for thinner lead widths. So I have I a point understand. three.
0: I'm looking at images of <laughs> this thing, and I don't know yeah. how it's supposed to. It feels like you would have. You're to basically writing with such the a pipe. Specific way.
1: Nope. It works all types of ways. It's really oh, yeah. weird. So so it has to be reviewed, right? Like this yeah. is something that's interesting enough to be reviewed. I mean, I think we've done some things in the past on it, but I've never reviewed it. It's designed really to protect you from breaking 0.2 and 0.3 millimeter LEDs, right? You really don't need this for your 0.5 millimeter LEDs, even though they have a, a 0.5 model. It's really designed for these micro fine leads 0.2 and 0.3 so you can actually get that line width without breakage so it's 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 a neat idea the necessity of it i'm debating um but it's so far i will say technically it works um the next one mike is super weird the lami encode smart pen so it's again one Mm. of those digital you know hey you know, write write your words and then they're captured digitally type of situation. So someone sent me one of those to test out. So that's on the testing queue. Is it,
0: does this need the like a specific book?
1: Yep. So it needs the book and the app. So it's like the yeah. all the stuff type of situation. Um, okay. It's it's fine. Like it's going to be good, but you know you're just so limited in in how you can use it, like the premise of this review will be different than most reviews. Right. So, um, it, it's, it's going to be good and interesting, but, um, there's like 8 million caveats with it. Right. So, Mm. um, and the last one is the next notebook I'm dying to get into. It's, uh, life is a popular Japanese notebook maker, and they've always made these great soft cover reasonably priced notebooks. They made a premium hardcover notebook. That's kind of expensive for what it is. So that's going to be my next notebook. Once I finish this, uh, this Masubi indigo denim notebook that I have five pages left in. So that's kind of where I'm at with all the things. So that is my thought process around what I'm using. And you have quite the list going here as well.
0: Yeah, mine's a little bit different to yours. Like I'm just talking about like literally what I'm using right now. Because mm-hmm. I don't have like um like a set of things, like I just mm-hmm. like cycle through so much stuff on a daily yeah. basis, right? Like I have yeah. a bunch of pens in my Sinclair and I'm just like moving around. I use like multiple pens a day, right? So like I don't yeah. have like a specific thing like that. Yeah,
1: and I have like a literal workflow yeah. <laughs> for products. <laughs> Which is just different, right? Like it's just right. like a, a
0: different... Um, oh, I'm actually gonna add one more product in because I actually do have <laughs> something not too dissimilar from that. So I'll talk about it in a minute, but... As you can imagine, I'm currently using a psychic notepad. I nice. do it all day every day and for a long time when we were talking about like uh when we were when we would do this I'd be like I'm using something I can't talk about. It was always right. that, right? Like that was right. always the thing that I was talking about. So that's always in front of me. Um I am using an I'm very orange today.
1: Mm this is what I wanted to talk about.
0: Yeah. So I've got the limited edition orange Mark one, which is just
1: so good. Ah, oh, it's uh, the best one. The, well, I I'm know there's look, purple ones and I know the there's uh, Apollo the ones, the one. the Apollo the one. ones. This orange one's tight though.
0: Or, Actually, should I say, maybe say the Blue Cortex uh, brand? One? I mean, best. there's a lot of good there's ones. There's a lot of best ones, let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. Um, I'm using my, when I picked that up today, I was like, ooh, I want to mix it up. So I'm using my Pro Gear King of Pen Tangerine today. Mm-hmm. That's like mm-hmm. my actual pen that I'm making all my notes with as we record and stuff like that, which is uh, always filled with rubber, oster, fire, on fire because that's like the perfect um, pairing. Right? Interesting.
1: Let me. Can I ask you a question? Sure, you can. Is the king of pen tangerine one of your most used pens? Where does that rate? Because it seems to come up a lot. It's.
0: Well, okay. So when I'm sitting here on my recording desk, I have like a block, like a wooden block right. with a bunch of pens in it. And this is one of them, but there's like there's 12 pens in there. Mm mm-hmm. um, And I use it frequently, but I wouldn't say it's necessarily one of my most most used. Like it does not have a space in my Sinclair. So it's not one of the six pens that really are my most used pens. But I would say it's up there.
1: I think it comes up Because it's in front of you when you're podcasting on this show. And it's kind of like the perfect pen for that. But maybe it's not. So that's why I see you talking about it a lot. But maybe it's not just universally the most used. It's situationally the most used.
0: It's a very pen addict pen. It is. It is. You know, so So like if I'm doing this show, maybe I gravitate towards that one. Yep. Yep. Um, The king of pen is in my Penwell craftsman. Mm hmm. So that's what nice. I leave the pen in, so I can very quickly grab it. So you don't hear me screwing and unscrewing the cap while I'm recording. <laughs> and That's one of the reasons I use the Craftsman, is there was a while where I was like, "What is that noise on my track?" And it was me screwing and unscrewing. And it, um, really, it was a pen. I think it was an aluminium, all well, aluminium pen of some description. Sure. And so you could hear the squeaking and un- mm-hmm. like of the cap being like put together. So that's why I like the Craftsman, because you, I can just rest the pen inside of the cap. Um, Yeah, that's perfect. And I am also testing something right now. So Mm -hmm. I came across a company in the UK. um, I think it's called Mater, Mm -hmm. M-A-T-E-R-E. I came about this on Instagram and then also um, through our paper supplier, um, a Cortex brand, they also supply paper to this company. They're based in the UK as well. Um, And they make like, very attractive notebooks. Uh, But I'm currently testing out a product that they make called the Slimline, um, which is just like a a notepad because they are using a paper that I'm interested in. So our paper supplier, GF Smith, has made a 100% recycled paper. Mm -hmm. um, And it's pretty good. So yeah, I'm the recycled it out.
1: papers so are use. starting to turn that corner.
0: Yep. Yep. Because it's they've done they've done a good job of like trying to make a paper that performs well and looks good without too much um like flat, too many flacks or anything right. like that. Mm-hmm, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yes. Uh so I'm intrigued about it. Like, it's obviously not perfect for fountain pens, but I wouldn't have expected mm-hmm. that. Um, and I'm kind it's, of looking at it as a potential for something down, down the line, maybe.
1: Yeah, for things I'm seeing, it's getting there for fountain pens. Like, yeah. we're going to start see that in the next year or two to have a good quality recycled paper that I wouldn't automatically dismiss like without even trying it for fountain pens because I know it's going to fail. Um, I think we're we are turning that corner to where, oh, this actually might work and work pretty well for fountain pen. So we're getting there. I'd say like in the next year or two, we're going to start to see more of the recycled paper quality has has getting is getting to the point to where fountain pen people are going to be able to have that as a choice. Where in the yeah. past it was an instant write off.
0: The paper is called Accent. OK. Crisp white uncoated paper. Uh, is what they call it. Using manufactured using one hundred percent recycled fiber. Yep. Acid free, carbon yep. balanced. It's yep. like I'm looking into it because obviously uh it's just intriguing to me, but also um it's cheap. So yeah. I'm I'm looking at it for a potential future cheaper product in mm-hmm. in a different for a different thing for Cortex branded. So this was a product. The Materno book was a product that existed on the market that was using this paper. So I've been gotcha. uh, playing around with these as well.
1: Look, looks cool. I like their design. I went and followed them on Instagram. I like they uh, all of their design is stuff. Really, really good. Like mm-hmm. really, really good. So
0: mm-hmm. yeah, um, they're doing a good they job. They do a good job. All right. This episode is brought to you by our friends over at ExpressVPN. Watching services like Netflix without using ExpressVPN is like paying for your favorite video game and not using all of the power-ups that are available to you. Because quite simply, why limit yourself when there's so much more fun to had netflix has thousands of shows across different countries but without vpn you only get access to the stuff that's available in your location with expressvpn you can unblock those shows by amending where it thinks you're located and it works with tons of other streaming services too and it also works in the reverse so if you're overseas and you want to be able to watch something carry on what you're watching at home but it's not available on the netflix or what maybe disney plus or whatever that's when you're overseas like for example in the uk On Disney Plus, we have a bunch of uh, shows that are on FX and Hulu because we don't get that. So they put it on Disney Plus. But if I was in America, I wouldn't be able to watch those things. So you can also, if you're away, say like, oh, well, hey, I'm back at home again. So it works in both directions. But if you're, say, wherever you are, you might be able to change your Netflix location to Canada and watch the Shawshank Redemption or to Australia and watch the Wolf of Wall Street. It's as easy as just what, like, one click. That's all it takes by opening the app, choosing the country that you want Netflix to think you're in, and refreshing the app, and you're good to go. There are so many reasons to choose ExpressVPN. It has blazing fast speeds. You can stream in HD with zero buffering, and it's compatible with all your devices, phones, laptops, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. They have servers in 94 countries, so you can gain access to thousands of new shows. You can stop paying full price for streaming services and only getting access to a fraction of their content. Get your money's worth at expressvpn.com. That is expressvpn.com slash penaddict. And you can get an extra three months of expressvpn for free. That's VPN.com slash penaddict. Our thanks to expressvpn for the support of this show and RelayFM. All
1: right. We still have a little bit of follow-up trickling in from portable ink cartridges. Mike, who knew that this was such a hot topic on the penternet? Um But this time I got a link that was sent in and there was a post on Reddit of someone using Pilot ink cartridges, which we have talked about is that's a proprietary ink cartridge, right? So some of the little stoppers and things that came in for the international cartridges wouldn't work for cartridges like Pilot or Platinum or Sailor, many of them who have a wider opening and these Pilot uh, openings, they were stoppered with. erasers (laughs) so someone found some erasers that will literally stop their pilot ink cartridges and then they have them stashed away in the little altoids tin which is always one of those famously popular uh, edc small kit carrying things it's kind of genius like i am not that trustworthy (laughs) for this product um, but it appears to work and I just don't know that that might be a bridge too far for me. You know, I would go with some of the little other, you know, brass stoppers in the short internationals, but erasers in your pilot cartridges, Mike, are you going there? No. Yeah. <laughs> not for not even for your I, I M90 just, I, I, for your I've favorite I said
0: it before I just don't trust it. I don't trust these like oh I've just worked out this thing like I wouldn't <laughs> trust that and then put it in like a bag with myself.
1: Yeah. I love the picture of this. I think that's what sold me was yeah. the picture, right? Yeah, Y'all just that's fine. we'll have the link in here is like the the erasers and then like the ink kind of bleeding up the side of their racers but even though they're technically stopped and then the little altoids 10 it's like kind of completely perfect for what we're trying to solve here so we've gotten a lot of run out of <laughs> out of having port- portable cartridges of of like solving a problem that really <laughs> is of our own making right it's not really something that needs to happen but I get it I get it mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to flip the script, Mike, and talk about one of the more popular reviews I've ever done and one of the more interesting products we've ever covered here on the podcast. And that's the Kuratoga Dive, Mike, the Uni Kuratoga Dive, the crazy, wild shove all the technology, even technology you don't need, into a pencil barrel and make it this huge, gigantic, uh, interesting release. And it just, it flew off the shelves, right? Like, they mm-hmm. launched this in Japan. Mm-hmm. They launched this Blue Barrel Kuratoga Dive in Japan. It sold out pretty much the day of launch. Um, as we mentioned in previous episode, uh, my friend Jacob, who lives in Japan, grabbed one of these for me, sent it my way, and I reviewed it on the blog. It's still sitting here on my desk. I, I like it as a product. I don't use it, like, as... It, it's not... What I think of when I think of mechanical pencil, right? It's more of a neat thing. Um, It's not how I want to use a mechanical pencil, but like I get it. So people have always been wondering since that first sellout and myself included, when are they going to become more available? And the answer is now, even though they've already sold out like a few weeks ago, but they're, they are—they have come to the U.S. market. You can get them at uniballco.com. Is that the only place? That's the only place I've seen. But I imagine if the distributor is starting to get them in, like the, the, the mothership in the U.S., that they're going to start getting um, sent out to stores probably this year sometime, maybe by this summer. I don't know. That's me guesstimating. But now that the, you could actually go buy them from Uniball directly, they're going to eventually, once inventory catches up, um, they'll be able to get them out because they launched two new colors, Mike. They launched a green one and an orange one. Yeah, and they're pretty fire. Yeah, like, they're nice. I'm I'm way in on the colors and the price. The price when they launched in Japan, I think the conversion rate for the U.S. market it would have been over fifty dollars. Um, at the time, you know, and this was. Last fall, I guess maybe last summer. This was a while ago. So the U.S. dollar price directly in the U.S. markets forty dollars, which that's still like when you say it out loud, that's a really expensive for a mechanical pencil market. But for what this is, I mean, it's that's a pretty good price. Like I, I would be if I'm interested in this type of product. Like I wouldn't hesitate to spend forty dollars on it. Um, but again, it's like also not a product for everybody. But I might have to get one of these orange ones. But it, w- it was funny right after the original one was blue, which is also now still available. So, blue, green, and orange are the three colors. Again, sold out at this yeah. link we're going to have in the show notes. But though I would be watching, they'll be coming back. I think $40 is pretty good. Yeah. Like what I was going to say is the blue one, once it went uh, on sale, then immediately sold out, they were on eBay for over $200, right? Yeah. Okay. Which is just ridiculous. Yeah. um, I think. 40 like I think 50 it's funny like how we talk about this stuff like I think 50 to 55 is like that's well, getting to be like a little bit too much for this pen but like 40 or this pencil the 40 40 seems about right 40 seems where this should be a good um yeah and I like the the green and orange so keep an eye out on this link they have a notification button for restock but I'd also start looking if, if you're in the U.S. market I don't know about um European markets or or the rest of asia uh outside of japan when these are going to return but we're starting to see some things like especially when this pops up in on this type of site and that you could buy it directly i think we're going to start seeing them a little bit more widespread so uh long story short don't go buy one on ebay ebay just wait they'll they'll be ready soon enough so i i had friends that ordered these from uniball and I have already received them so um should be good should be good All right, real quick, let me hit that shout-out of the week, Mike. So, now that it is pen show season for me, I'm getting to see a lot of my maker friends Mm -hmm. at pen shows. And did you know that there is a Maker Pen podcast? It's called As the Pen Turns. Uh, It's with Brad Owens from Mythic Pens, Jason Miller from Jason Neal Penworks, and our good friend Jonathan Brooks from Carolina Pen Co. They have a podcast. Um, and they talk about making stuff, right? Like pouring resins, making pens, all the tools and taps and dyes, all that technical stuff about making pens. They talk to other pen makers, like if you like to meet your maker, posts um that caroline does for the pen addict. this is that in podcast form right so hopefully i'll get to see brad uh soon at the atlanta pen show get to see jonathan again i just saw him in um baltimore and i know jason just did his first ever pen show at the arkansas pen show last week so i imagine they're going to have a lot of fun content here coming up soon on the podcast and uh i hope to see them soon and uh We'll see. I just, I love hearing about the making of stuff and they really get into it. So talking about their shop setups, Mm -hmm. talking to other makers, how they do things and like really nerd out over a very specific part of the business that we're in. And I I think it's really, really cool. So y'all should go check them out. Uh, if you're looking for a new podcast uh, and that doesn't necessarily talk about the things we talk about, but it's still, you know, talking about things that, hey, you might be interested in buying and how does this stuff happen and how does one make a blank and, and all this stuff. Definitely check out as the pin turns, add it to your to your podcast listening list. So Very it's great. Cool. Very cool. I made a post this week that I really need to do more of. And I call it a pairings party because I did a review where I paired up a pen I needed to review with an ink I needed to review and kind of did it together. One of the things that I'm not going to say I don't like doing it, but ink reviews are always just kind of... do I are they necessary for me? Right, there's a lot of great people who just review inks and they do a really good job. And the way I think about inks are, yeah, I like it. It works pretty good. It's got some cool features and, you know, I, the end. Like, it's here's the dry time. Here's sure. the shading. You know, here's how it works on this paper and that paper. And this is what it looks like. And I guess my that's my short version of saying I don't super love doing ink reviews. Very rarely do I. Like, I recently did a pigmented ink review for Octopus Fluids. I love doing that one because it was new, unique, it was pigmented. I could test the waterproofness of it and all these things like that's cool. But like doing like an ink a day or an ink a week, you know, like every week, like I don't really get excited about that. So, but I do have a lot of inks on hand that I would like to review. Well, let's find a pen I need to review And match those inks and pens up together. And that's what I did this week with the Onodo Scholar. The material is called Highland. It's kind of this green, mossy green and gray acrylic that's really kind of neat looking. Mm. And I hadn't tried an Onodo recently. I had seen them before they launched the Scholar. And part of this review was discussing how Onodo, which you should be Looking into Mike, if you ever need a a purely British pen maker, they make some great great pens, but they're reasonably expensive. Like when I was looking at them and finding some that I really enjoyed, they started at like four or five hundred dollars, and like that's fine. Like I just wasn't in the position to buy one at the time, and that was with a steel nib, which is also fine. But you know, I was just like, okay, let's see, you know, how this goes. So Onoto kind of realized that I think, and they made. Entry level isn't the right terminology for, you know, a $250 pen, but they kind of readjusted their access point into the lineup. It's and like an, if,
0: an entry to their brand.
1: Exactly. Right. Not everyone has to have like a $25 pen to start into their brand to get people learning about it. You know, Anoto has done this thing where they've made a r- insanely high-quality pen, They've charged a fair price for it, but it's also kind of their entryway into learning about Onodo pens, right? This was a $270 pen and it's totally worth $270, but I hesitate to call it an entry level pen. It's an entry point pen, as you said. So um, the pen itself is great. It has a steel nib. It writes amazingly. I love the color. I love the style. I love Onodo's graphics. I love their logos. I love, you know, all the little bits and bobs they include um in their packaging this is a detailed entry point to a brand that would like you to explore their higher end pens eventually right um so this one's cool i reviewed it i have i reviewed it very highly i thought it was a very great pen and then i matched it with a ferris wheel press ink which i have never reviewed and ferris wheel press has been around for years i don't know five years maybe more Beautiful packaging, less than functional ink bottle, great ink. So great packaging, great ink. Bottle is not my platonic ideal of what a fountain pen ink bottle should be. It's, you know, it's basically a form over function bottle, which is fine. You just have to manage that differently. Like I just was able to put the converter of the pen and draw ink into the converter Uh, to fill this pen, like I was not comfortable sticking the pen into the ink bottle if it would even fit through the opening in the top, or I would tip it over because it is really not balanced for that. Um, Not all of their ink bottles are like this, which I find interesting, but this more, their most current ink bottles are this kind of perfume bottle shape that is very kind of tipsy and has a small opening, which is just, that's like two things... I, I look for in a good ink bottle design is, hey, can I get the pen in here easy to fill while not knocking over the bottle? And Ferris wheel presses over two on that. Um, luckily, the ink is pretty good. So I used uh, Central Park Greens just to cr- kind of draw out some of the color in this pen, the Highland material from this Onoto. And I like kind of mixing in my ink review into a pen review. It's kind of a two for one type of deal to where I feel better about the review instead of just reviewing the ink, uh, mixing it in with a pen review. So I think I'm going to do more of these um, because I have, I don't know, probably eight or 10 inks sitting here and a decent amount of fountain pens that I can match them. That it's not going to preclude me from doing like individual ink reviews, but this Ferris wheel press is, is pretty much just a standard ink, right? I, w- I like to review non-standard inks. So like I mentioned the pigmented ink from Octopus Fluids, the shimmer ink, the Shogun ink, which I reviewed last year from Shea Herbaugh, like those kind of really, really, Hey, the ink is like a real interesting product on its own, real standalone. It's not just necessarily a standard product line ink, right? So that's, that's the way I think about those things. And, A lot of standard inks are really good, like this Ferris Wheel Press one, Mm. but I don't necessarily want to spend that individual time doing it. So I'm going to try to mix and match in these uh, reviews a little bit more. So just kind of like a combo review, and um, I felt better, or I felt good about the review setup for this to where I could do both of those things instead of breaking them out separately. So anyway, that's just me talking about doing me things and uh I had fun doing it. So I'm gonna do it some more. I think uh I think people liked it, so it should be fun.
0: It made me think like Brad Dowdy Penn Sommelier.
1: Right. You're like finding the
0: perfect <laughs> pairings, you know?
1: I like I like doing that. I love this pain goes with I, I, the
0: sharp flavor of this ink.
1: I mean, it's already something we think about all the yeah. time, right? It's and, and some people do not care about. It. Some people will say, "This is my favorite ink. it's going to go in any pen," or, "This is my favorite pen, I'll use any ink in it." And a lot of us are considerate, like thinking about, hey, I need to get the right match for this pen and this ink and that's kind of how i was thinking about this review because so many of us do it already so it's fun i think i'll you will start to see me mix in a few more of these reviews just to have a little bit fun with the pairings and uh and how i like to use and review products talking about
0: products Mm -hmm. if you want to get yourself a new product you should go to pen chalet because they have all of your favorite brands And all the products that you're looking for, whether you want a new Sailor or a new Kaweco, maybe you want a new rollerball, a fountain pen, a ballpoint, maybe you're looking for some ink, maybe you want a fountain pen converter, you want some little accessories, maybe you're going to a pen show and you need a carrying case. Penchalet's got all of it. They have fast and reliable customer service. Every couple of weeks, you're going to find new products added to the store and also new discounts, new sales. There's always something to go look at over at Penchalet. They do free shipping on orders of over $75 in the US and they sell internationally with great shipping rates. Penchelet believe in low prices on high quality pens and they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. They want you to be happy with your purchases. So go to penchalet.com, that's P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T dot com and click the podcast link at the top of the website. Enter the password pen addict and you will be able to get a code to save ten percent on anything at Pen Chalet, and also to see some very special offers available just to Pen Addict listeners.
1: So again, there is a mix and match of products on our page at pen chalet and Ron has done the thing where he puts like some feature products on top and then does the sneaky thing down at the bottom. One thing up top that I got to see some uh, people use at the Baltimore pen show, the Conklin Endura Deco Crest fountain pens. They are kind of like a entry point into overlay fountain pens. If you like that style and aesthetic, it's a very vintage uh, look, but it's a style of pen that I appreciate. These are like, crazy inexpensive, and they have some really um, good-looking patterns. They have a billion different nib choices, including flex nibs, and at the price point, it's super tempting to check those out if you're looking for that style of pen to add your to, to your collection. Then, Mike, you scroll down, and you keep going, and you keep going, and then all of a sudden, I don't think he's done this before, but I know I've talked about some other pens before. Leonardo, their messenger fountain pen that's their entry level pen mm-hmm. um it's it, it's positioned to be a little bit less expensive than the momento zero and at this price point it's one of the most no-brainer purchases you can mm-hmm. make if you're a fountain pen fan for like a high quality um high quality fountain pen uh, great nib great design i've reviewed these on the blog i think jeff did our review of the Messenger. Um, it's just a fantastic pen. And then one random thing, which y'all should check out, which I haven't noticed on here before the platinum mixable fountain pen inks, they're 20 milliliter bottles. They're small, they're inexpensive and platinum doesn't make a lot of ink colors on their own, but these, the set is designed in these individual colors. Their individual colors are excellent. And then you can mix and match them together to make your own colors I, and yeah, the price point is myself. really really good
0: like, like it's the colors really are great <laughs> mixing the inks is a terrifying prospect to me
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah no it's good it's good stuff and uh, the platinum is designed to do that and uh-huh. you can make some cool inks and like i i would just buy them like if you want a good platinum ink then and in, in just a solid color like the platinum orange ink just like buy that like i use a lot of just the standalone inks for these that's why i recommend them a not so you the the mixing is is ancillary to just hey getting a cool purple platinum ink, and they're really good quality so there's a bunch of other stuff in here the pelican mo2 m205 demonstrator is a great price the montegrappa elmo o2 i need to look at because that's a pen that i like um so yeah it's a bunch of good stuff in here so go check them out at uh i'm gonna put a link
0: in the show notes to the 60 milliliter page 'cause the okay. sixty milliliter page for the platinum mixable, which is not in the deal. It says you should go get the ones in the deal. It has a color chart mm-hmm. which makes me feel more okay. comfortable. It's like if you mix <laughs> this colour and this colour together you get this. My concern would be like okay. is it all just gonna end up black? Like yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs>
1: yep. So yeah, uh, I I like these inks just as standalone inks, but uh you can definitely go mix some mix some stuff. So, go to penchalet.com,
0: P E N C H A L E T.com, click the podcast link at the top of the website and enter the password penaddict. Our thanks to penchalet for their continued support of this show and Relay FM. Do you want to finish out on some Ask TPA questions, Brad? Yeah, let's do a few. Don't forget, if you have a question you would like us to answer, go to penaddictfeedback.com, and you can leave it there, just like Callum did, who said, my partner and I are looking to try out some varying nib sizes on a new fountain pen, and we came across the Twisby Eco White Rose Gold Fine Nib on Pen Chalet. Is this sponsor. A there you go. But Okay, I, we didn't put that in, in Callum's <laughs> no, mouth, but yes. We did not. <laughs> Callum, if you do buy it, don't forget to use the 10% code. <laughs> Uh Calvin says, is this a good option to purchase along with a medium or broad nib as extras? Thank you for awakening the pen out, we
1: So this is a really interesting and good question. Number one, hey, we want to test out this pen. It seems like reasonably priced. It seems like it looks pretty cool, right? And the Twisby Eco White Girl White Rose Gold. Um, also, let's do something smart and just buy a couple of other nibs to test to see what we really like. I mean, yes, you're having to outlay a little bit more money, but you're not necessarily buying three pens for three different nib size. This is 100% a good option, and it's something I have done before. Um, I'm at the point now where I I do have, like, all the pens with all the nibs, so I can just swap or, or mm-hmm. pull out a nib and try something somewhere else. But at the point... Uh, When I was in the beginning of this, I would really want to decide what do I really like for nib sizes, not just pen styles, but what nibs work well for me. And I would have extra nib units for other pens. Um, But like Lamy, Kaveco, and Twisby are all good at having easily accessible nib units to try where you could buy one pen and have a couple of extra nibs to swap into. I, I think it's a great pen. Number one, the Twisby Eco is one of my favorite pens, personally. It's one of my most recommended pens. And then trying a fine nib, a medium nib, and a broad nib, I, yeah, no-brainer, 100% approve. Good job, Callum. I will reiterate what I said
0: before, though. Just understand that, like, it's... It, it's a scary prospect to change nibs, just going confidently. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Like, that, I'll disagree slightly, only because in this situation, Twisby actually does make it easy. It's okay. probably more. Twisby and Kaveco do it very easily. Oh, they have They're pretty ones, easy to right? swap. Well, the Twisby Eco is just a slide in nib now. Okay. So it. Um, Kaveco does just have the screw in when Kaveco slides in. Lamy's actually a little bit more difficult because you kind of have okay. to pull it off the feed, but it's really simple once you do it once. Just think about what you're doing, it's not intimidating. Um, but you do have to put the l- slightest bit of thought that Mike is not capable yeah. of into doing That's this. Un-
0: That's completely unfair. I mm-hmm. don't know. I don't know why you would come at me like that. It's just <laughs> unnecessary. John there, asks There are
1: I've, exceptions. There are exceptions. So you yeah, are. Whatever. Right in some, in whatever. Some areas whatever. John <laughs> asks
0: I've got a couple of pens I keep handy while I'm working on my computer in case I need to scribble down notes throughout the day. I keep them off to the side, but find I'm always bumping into them or shuffling them around the desk. I'd love some kind of low-profile pen tray that I could put out on my desk during the day and stash away when I'm done working. Could be fancy, but doesn't have to be. Do you have any suggestions?
1: Yeah, there's several different ways you can go here. And I'm looking at, let's see, I got one here on my desk. Where's my other one? Oh, it's right behind me. So I have two things with Insight. One is a Toyota Craft 6-pen tray, right? It's a small, low-profile tray it is obviously wonderfully made it's very simple looking it's not overly big it's lightweight it's lined it's got the notches so the pins aren't rolling around in there so they stay separate and you could just slide that in your desk drawer when you're done at the end of the day the second one it's not as self-contained But the Yoseka uh, walnut uh, pen tray, it doesn't have sides, right? It's more, that's one I'd probably leave on my desk. So maybe it's not the best choice if you want to put it into your tray, into your desk drawer at the end of the day, because the pins might slide around a little bit, right? It doesn't have sides on it, but it's a beautiful, functional, low-profile tray um, you could use. The third one is Rickshaw makes the fun, plush little... um, little pin i don't even know what they're called but they hold like a single pin maybe two pins so like if you needed something for just like one or two pins they make these plush varieties of pin trays that they just started making here in the last month or so so i'm i'm blanking on the name plush valet um, tray yes there you go and it holds it doesn't hold like as many pins as the ones i'm talking about like with uh the one from yoseko the one from Toyoka craft um, but it's just kind of a fun, neat desk accessory accessory. And then like I don't know, I'm really into pen trays and stuff. Like I've have, I have some from Bungo Box. What um, do you mean the pillows? Oh, the pillow. The pillow is what I'm talking about. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, okay, I didn't have the link sense. pulled up. Yep. Um and then I've had like a Lucrin leather pen tray that holds like f- it's got four slots. Again, it's like the Yoseka where it doesn't have so sides i like the toyoka craft for moving around a lot because it does have sides right in case you just actually accidentally you know like tip the tray like at an angle the pins are gonna stay in the tray so maybe that's my first choice because it does have small sides and is is just a really really functional tray and um yeah and i mean you have to order it from japan you know from toyoka craft but it's it's pretty easy to do they make it pretty easy um and uh, I don't know if other people are starting to carry those single trays yet, but they're they're really neat. So uh, that's one, my number one recommendation. But the other stuff is maybe more accessible.
0: I think the one thing I'll say about the wooden ones, more mm-hmm. than the leather one and the plush one, if you work in an office with other people, mm-hmm. the wooden ones are very conspicuous. Like. Mm-hmm. yes they're just yeah, yeah, big yeah. right yeah. and like it will catch people's attention where i feel like even though the the rickshaw one is soft like people might just think it's something else rather right. than this is a very specific wooden box for my pens
1: yeah you know like as simple as the yoseka tray is if you put that on a desk at work and it's a 7 slot tray i believe yeah. it's kind of ostentatious sitting out on your desk loaded yep. with your pens yep. right? right while while being a completely simple and innocent product beautiful thing yeah the end result in the context of your desk it's going to really stand out
0: mhm similarly like my favorite is the um the uh toyoka toy toyuka toyoka Toyota. A, mm-hmm. Toyota tray, uh, but it looks like a cigar tray. Yeah. And again, yeah. that's not a problem, but like, Mm-mm. it just depend If you're in mixed companies, sometimes, I don't know, different people, like different strokes with different folks. I don't like to have to answer questions about my pens. To people, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just, yeah. it's just like, no, this is just a thing for me. I don't have to explain it to you. But like, people always want to know, like, why are you doing this? It's just like, why not? Uh, Josh asks I purchased a Pilot Metropolitan to begin my fountain pen journey. I've had it for about a week and I love it. There's just one snag. I recently refilled the pen with the included Con B converter, but since then, a huge pool of ink will come out of the feed all at once sporadically as I write with it. Am I doing something wrong? Are there air pockets in the converter? Your ideas would be greatly appreciated. For context, I'm using Diamine Oxford Blue for the ink
1: the pilot con b converter sucks (laughs) i but surely this is weird what it's doing though right it is weird so one of the difficulties with the con b is you might have to force seat it onto the back of the feed and the housing right it is a very tight fit so you might think you have it on there you have to shove it on there to get a good seal. Um because it's like plastic lined at that connection point. Yeah. And it has to be tight right for the linking for the uh leaking purposes, right, which Josh is running into. So that's my my first guess is that it might not be pushed down enough and that's an unnatural feel to actually literally force that thing down in there. Yeah. Um because it's it's not just like you know, a very easy to remove and to pop back on. You I want hate to this you want to too. force that converter. It, everyone it hates that converter. It sucks. <laughs> you can swap into uh, a Con forty, which isn't much better, but better. for some reason, it's better. It just doesn't hold it, a lot it of ink. It slides on. It's better. It doesn't hold a lot of ink, but it will slide on the back of that feed a little bit better. On, honestly, I think Josh, you probably just need to force it because. I've had some and then be careful when you when you pull it off that you're not like throwing it across the room because you forced it on so it's going to be hard to remove as well. So should you have to do this? No. Oh. Is that the likely issue for this? Yeah, yeah, probably. Um just because it's not uh it's not a great design.
0: I I really would recommend getting the Comforty. Like I think it's just yeah. more um comforting to use like I, I just, yeah, yeah, it's got the, the, it's got the twist filler, massive, like yeah.
1: filling the Con B is impossible, like everything about the Con B is bad, it's, it's, bad. A, it's, a, it's a sacrifice that I almost wish they wouldn't include yeah, I with don't the pen, it causes it. more problems than it's worth, yeah. I would just include converters and just be I mean, include cartridges and be done, and if someone wants a converter later, they can get it, It's it, they're not doing anyone any favors with this Con B um, si- side note, Eagle. the Diamine Oxford blue ink is completely fine Okay. It's, it's not it's an not ink that. issue. That's a great ink. Yep. That's an ink you should be using with that pen. So just um, just uh, put the converter on uh, more forcefully, unfortunately. Or swap it. Or swap it.
0: Charlie asks, I'm looking for an everyday fountain pen of a Japanese extra fine-esque nib, preferably nicer than a Prepio Okokuno, but not more than $50. I bought a Curitas at 50% off on Amazon, and the nib is excellent, but the grip is challenging. Is there anything out there in the safari, eco, or caveco sport kind of class, but with a finer nib than a western extra fine? Oddly enough, while the Preppy and Kakuno come in extra fine, as far as I can tell, the Plaisir, Procyon, Prera, Cavalier, and Metropolitan
1: do not. So, there's a couple different ways we can go with this. Um, What I would do... If I was in Charlie's situation, reading this email, they know enough to to do this. Is you buy mm-hmm. a Plaisir. I'm, excuse me, you buy a um a pilot penmanship. Okay, so the pilot penmanship is a an inexpensive kind of dip style pen. It comes with. Pilot's extra fine nib. And then you take that nib off of there, because you've only spent like 7 or $8 on the pen, that's like you couldn't buy that nib alone by itself. And then you put that in the Platinum Prera fountain pen, which is a more traditionally styled fountain pen. You can get them translucent barrels, you can get them solid barrels, but you use that... uh, The Pilot Prera. Yes, the Pilot Prera. You use that uh, or in the Metropolitan, that nib is swappable. So if you're looking for something finer than a Western EF, you're not going to find that in the Safari Eco or Sport. Okay, so you have to buy the. You can buy a cheap Japanese EF in the Pilot Penmanship and steal that nib and put it in. It won't fit in the Cavalier. The Cavalier is a different nib, but the Metropolitan and the Prayer bodies. I have done this many times. It is the best solution to this problem to get like a cooler-looking pen or a more traditional-looking yeah. pen with a Japanese EF nib, and that's kind of the only way to do that's it. Cool. Every now and then, you'll find the Metropolitan with the EF yeah. or the Prera with some options. Someone might sell them with options. It's rare. You have to buy two pens and steal the nib. It's, it's worth the... The price because it's less than ten dollars. I'm pretty sure the penmanship is, and you just get it with an EF nib, and you put it into the Prera or Metro Bali that you like, and go to town. That is the answer. And I think uh, looking at this email, Charlie, you can handle it.
0: I think that's a really good. That's a really good one. I think all in, you'd probably be around sixty dollars uh, to get. Yeah, for those. less. Yeah,
1: yeah. Even if you bought like the most expensive Prera and yep. the penmanship, you're still probably less than fifty. Honestly. And if you do the Metropolitan, you're probably like less than 35. So,
0: yeah. Cool project. do it. Yep, do it. If you would like to send in a question of your own or you have some follow-up or feedback about the show, just go to penaddictfeedback.com, and you can send it in to us there, or you can click the link in your show notes. You can find those in your podcast app of choice, or you can go to relay.fm slash penaddict slash 556 to get that. If you want to catch up with us in the meantime, there's a few ways you can do it. You can find Brad. He's over at penaddict.com, spokedesign.com, streaming three times a week over on twitch.tv slash penaddict. He is penaddict on Instagram, and you can find Brad on Mastodon. He is at mastodon.social and is at penaddict. I am on mike.social, and I'm at imike there, so you can come and hang out with us, see what we're up to. Uh, You can also find my products at cortexbrand.com and my other podcasts here on Relay FM thank you to pen chalet and ExpressVPN for their support of this week's episode but most of all thank you for listening and we'll be back next week until then say goodbye brad goodbye brad